This podcast contains real talk about the mayhem of motherhood, along with a weekly medical mystery. Because all of these topics can be pretty graphic, and because we use explicit language, listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Motherhood, Mayhem, and Medical Mysteries podcast. On this show, we are not attempting to solve the major medical mysteries of the world or tell you how to raise your kids. We are definitely not doctors or scientists of any kind. We are just two moms here to provide you with support, resources, and maybe a few laughs along the way. We do a lot of research and will definitely share the things we learn, but please talk to a professional if you have specific concerns about your experiences. Here's Miranda, my friend who was once the Thunder Chicken. Ooh, (laughs) it's true, I was. And this is Melanie. She does not eat any type of seafood. I do not. I... I don't, (laughs) even though I've tried to make her do it several times. Several. And and I feel like there's some kind of seafood out there she eats. It's true. She doesn't Um, eat it. Don't even Seaweed. I'll eat seaweed. Don't even go there. That's not really seafood. That's like seagrass. Well, it is food from the sea. Mm, Debatable. Okay. So, you know, we just had our birthdays and... I wanted to actually go out on a date. Can you believe it? Ooh, just you and your husband or like a like a double date? Oh, just me and my husband. Oh, okay. Because we never get to do that. And we actually had this crazy idea and we never do this. I don't even know what we were thinking, but we're like, oh, well, let's do dinner and a movie, you know, like classic date. I mean, that sounds very classic, very classic date night. But you also know your friend Miranda, who was once the Thunder Chicken, is not good at sitting still for a movie like I'm so ADD. Not at all. It's just really not my scene. It's not the thing that I want to do. And I don't know. I, I, for whatever reason, we're like, yeah, let's do it. Classic date night. Sounds fun. So we go out to eat. That was great. And then we're going to go see this movie, right? So we go to this new movie theater, one of the nice ones that has like the recliners and like an actual swivel table that swivels around and you get like hot food, like you can get like wings and shit. Really? I love those places. I know. So so that was really more of the appeal for me than the movie necessarily. You wanted a comfy seat and a swivel table. I'm like... I'm going to sit here in a leather recliner with a swivel table and somebody's going to come ask me if I want some wings. Like, yes, that sounds glorious to me. I don't even care what's on. Like, we could be watching, I don't know, the some random terrible movie that I hate and, and I'm still here for it. I'm, I'm okay. still here for it. Okay. So, so I so, mean, I think it sounds like a good plan. It's Everything's going great, right? So again, we ate dinner. Dinner was cool. We're going to go here now to the movie theater they also serve alcohol at the movie theater very important to know it's a bonus definitely a bonus and i'm like yeah we'll get like some little you know little movie snacks little snacky snackies and um we get we get in there and of course you know what what do all girls do upon arriving to the movie theater before you go into the actual movie theater 
go to the bathroom. You have to go to the bathroom because you know you're about to sign yourself up for like a two hour commitment where you're going to be sitting down. And, you know, again, it's one of those things. It's like I hate to be that girl who's like getting up to pee like two times during a movie. But normally I'm I got to pee. So anyway, I'm like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'll meet you in there. Like we'll do the thing. Right. So I go into the bathroom. Typical standard movie theater restroom situation and um i don't know if you know this about me but i'm like when it comes to public restrooms (laughs) i try to not make contact with any surface if i can help it okay right well yes i i've had periods of my life where i have attempted that but i tend to fail so, I mean, you you really just don't want to touch any surface unless you absolutely have to, right? Right. Minimize the surfaces with which you come into contact in the okay. bathroom as a general rule of thumb. That being said, I'm a hoverer and I don't sit on the seat of the public restroom. I kind of just do a little power squat move and, you know, push out my pee really quick and then get going. So <laughs> this is important. I promise. I promise it's important. This is to an important this. part of the story. <laughs> I mean, if we're being completely honest here, like I, I gave up hovering a long time ago. Really? I am now, uh, yeah, because oh, you're I just had a sitter. several several situations occurred that were worse than what I might have encountered on the toilet seat. Well, so, you're about uh, to get to one right here, my friend. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Because well. this is where it went wrong, and that's why you need to understand the hovering. Okay. So. Well, tell me what happened to you, and then I'll tell you how I my system now. Oh, okay, okay. I'm very curious to hear your system. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm in the market for a new system after this okay. after okay. this terrible fail. So I'm hovering, right? I'm peeing, right? Everything's uh-huh. great. We're midstream. You would never believe in a million hundred thousand years what happens next. There's like a five year old girl in the stall next to me. And as I'm standing hovering peeing midstream the little girl like her face like comes under the door no like like all the way under and it's like her eyes are like i mean she's getting like the view my gynecologist gets like she's (laughs) she's like arced under the door and and she's got like this huge goofy open mouth smile and she's like hi oh no (laughs) and i know holy shit right (laughs) so i'm like in a rush to like you know pull my pants up do something because there's a child's face what is going on here so (laughs) up come the pants but i i will tell you i was midstream i was mid so you just pulled your pants up i pulled my pants up and i just kept on peeing because i had already started peeing and i peed all over my pants i am talking soaked oh no soaked my pants in pee and this little girl is just like staring at me awkwardly and i'm like what do you want from me right now? Oh, like, like who are you why? like do i give you money do i give you candy like why are you here <laughs> 
I do not understand. And so, <laughs> so now I'm covered in my own urine and um, I'm kind of just stuck there. The little girl, like she scampers off eventually and I go to wash my hands and I realize this is a lost cause. I am not about to sit in a two hour long movie urine? in my pee pants for two hours. No. So I come out of the bathroom and I tell my husband, I'm like, we, we, we have to go. We have to go. And he's like, why? And I'm like, well, because I peed myself. Okay, that's why. In the bathroom. <laughs> in the bathroom at the movies. So um, he, he was not impressed because, um, of course, we had already bought the tickets for the movie. Oh, and they're so, so expensive these and days. And they're so expensive. But, I mean, what am I going to do? I'm not going to, like, go to the house, change, come back. Like, I mean, what 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 do you do in that point? You're, you don't have a choice. It's you done. You really don't. I mean, you did the only thing you could do. Date night but, is over. Now, for for your own safety, for future situations. Yes, please tell me your method. Since I gave up hovering because of... I, I never had an incident like this. I don't but, know if um, anyone's had an incident like this. And I've if, had... That, if that little girl's mom is listening to this podcast... Just maybe teach your daughter some better bathroom etiquette, ma'am. Please. Yeah, like thank don't you. stick your head under <laughs> toilet stalls. Like, what but are you doing? I, oh, I don't goodness. know. That's crazy. But um, <sighs> so what I do now, um, the, my issues were more like stream issues. Like sometimes you don't really know where that urine stream is gonna head. True. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it so, could like, head for like the leg and and follow yeah, down. Yeah. There were some things occurred. So um, now what I do, I agree with you, touch as few surfaces as possible. But when I walk into a public bathroom, the first thing I do is I go for the toilet paper holder and I get like a whole wad. Okay. And I wipe one side of the toilet seat like real good. Like okay. make sure it's clean all around. Okay. And then you lean on that cheek. Oh, you do the leaner. Yeah. It's a lean yeah. cheek. You don't ever touch the other side. Right, right. You pick the the most clean looking side. You really rub it down. Give it a little extra. Lean. Yeah, yeah. See, that would have okay. helped you because if that girl's head had popped under, you would have had a foundation to be leaning on. Correct. And and she wouldn't have had the the view that she got right. that it, night. It, it would have changed the view, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So anyway, that's been, my theory. Yeah. That's what I do. That's not a bad thing. I have done the lean before in situations. Um, well, depending the, the on the shoes you're wearing, sometimes lean. you have to do the lean. Now, that's true. That's a great point. We can have you a can't. whole episode on what shoes are you wearing when you go to pee in a public bathroom. You can't squat in oh stilettos. I no. mean, I can't. No. There's women it, out there who can. If you can squat in stilettos, girls, hit us up, okay? We need to talk to you. I, I think uh, it's it's past being a possibility for me. I'm, I'm 42 years old. I cannot squat mm. in stilettos. Man. Maybe in my retirement, I'll take up one of those, like, pole dancing classes. I bet they Ooh, could teach me how to do it. That would be very sexy. And yes, I've, I'm in full support of that. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you have a really great medical mystery for us today. Lay it on me. I do. Today, we are going to talk about probiotics. <gasps> 
Probies, probiotics. Yes, probiotics. And I don't know if you've noticed, but I would say probably over the last five to 10 years, you hear about probiotics all the time. All it's on, the time. It's on advertisements. It's like included in foods. It's listed on all types of vitamin labels and drinks and all of that kind of stuff. And um, I honestly have just never taken the time to sit down and really look at like, hey, what is that? So that's what I did for for all of us out there. You took one for the team here, Melanie. I did. I did. I took one for the team. Probiotics. I'm going to define it. Probiotics are foods or supplements that contain live microorganisms intended to maintain or improve the good bacteria in the body. So, love it. That's just love the it. definition. Okay. Now, in order for, because there's millions of microbes, different types of microbes, but in order for a microbe to be considered a probiotic, it has to have several characteristics. It has to be isolated from the human. So it's its own independent living thing. Um, it has to be able to survive in your intestines after being eaten. And okay. that's not the most hospitable environment. It's so these, really not. It's really not. Lots these of... have to be tough little microorganisms. Yeah. Um, they have to they have to have a proven benefit to us as humans. And okay. also be safe to consume. So it's not considered a probiotic if it's something that's detrimental to us or makes us feel ill or anything like that. Oh, yeah. No, that doesn't sound like it would be good at all. Right. Okay. So where do they live in your body? Where do the probiotics live? In your gut. In your beer gut. <laughs> the most common place is your gut. The microbes in your gut, mostly within your large intestine. Uh, but there are several other locations that host microbes that are considered probiotics. These include, and don't overthink this because you'll gross yourself out, but the mouth, the vagina, the urinary tract, the skin, and even in our lungs. Huh. Who Well, knew? what do you know? <laughs> Of course, we need to figure out how they work. How do probiotics work? Please um, tell me. Yeah, okay. Well, their main job is to maintain a healthy balance in your body. Um, so think of them as trying to keep your body neutral. If you are sick, you have more bad bacteria, and the probiotics try to fight to balance the bad bacteria. So, so their yeah. goal is essentially to restore the balance in our bodies. Right, right, right. Okay. So that's, okay. What, that's what they're doing. Good bacteria keep you healthy by supporting your immune function and also controlling inflammation. So that's another important one because mm -hmm. lots of different conditions cause inflammation. Oh, yeah. Um, here's just a short list of a few things that they can do. Um, they can help you digest food. They can keep the bad bacteria from getting out of control and making you sick. So say even before you're sick, if you have the right balance of, of probiotics, they can battle the sickness and stop you from getting sick. 
Um, they can create vitamins, which I could probably do a whole nother research topic on that because that's interesting. They also help the cells that line your gut to prevent the bad bacteria that you may have consumed. So either through drinks or food, you might have eaten something that is not good for your body. And these probiotics can actually fight them off and prevent that from entering your bloodstream, which really? is awesome. Yeah, That's super awesome. I did not know that. I didn't either. And then they can also help break down and absorb medications, which is beneficial wow. to us. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So hmm. um, some of the conditions that might be helped by increasing the probiotics in your body, um, and in, in this part, they're referencing the ones that are like supplements that you take. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the conditions that those can help include, again, a short list, but... Diarrhea, constipation, inflammatory bowel disease, irritable bowel syndrome, yeast infections, UTIs, gum disease, eczema, and upper respiratory infections. Wow. Oh, upper respiratory, I guess, because like you said, they, they're in your lungs. So yeah. they could probably, the good so, bacteria could beat the bad bacteria in your lungs. Right. So it's like, these are, these battle for us before, yeah. you know. Which is cool. Really cool. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, little bugs. I know, right? Thanks, guys. <laughs> okay. Well, so question, though, because I know this is like in, there's a lot of probiotics in yogurt. Um, I don't really like yogurt, but I actually really like kefir. You are and... one step ahead of me because my next topic highlight was where do you get probiotics? Oh, okay. Supplements. Okay. Let's go there, baby. Yeah. Well, as you mentioned, there are many foods that contain probiotics. And of course, you can introduce those into your diet and that'll help. Or you can take a supplement or you can do both. It's, you know, to each their own. Uh, But here are some probiotic rich foods. Yogurt, including kefir. Kefir is fermented yogurt. Yeah. And it's like more... You know, you drink it. You don't have to, like, eat it with a spoon. It's, like, drinkable, and I like that. You can have it on the go, as it were. You can. Buttermilk, sourdough bread. Okay. Cottage cheese. Yum. The next one I know you like, kombucha. Kombucha. Do you like kombucha, though? I am a little iffy on kombucha. I I feel like like you want to like kombucha, but you just can't. I feel like that's a really accurate description. It's like you want to love it, but you can't love it. Something's holding you back. There's one brand, and I can't remember which it is, but they make like a tart cherry kombucha. It's hum. It's hum. H-U-M-M. That's the one you like. I like that one, but it takes me like a week to drink one of them. (laughs) So I don't know if that even has any benefits. (laughs) I can be over here like pounding kombucha every day, like all day, every day. I love that stuff. Well, to each their own. Um, (laughs) Tempeh, which you I I don't, at least around here, I don't see tempeh very often on No, I don't even know what that is. Um, I believe if you're looking at it from a dietary standpoint, it's similar to um, tofu, but it has a much better texture and like a Hmm. nuttier flavor. 
Okay. Um, I've had salads before that had grilled tempeh on them. Oh, it's T-E-M-P-E-H, right? Yes. 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 Okay, I've seen that on a menu. Yeah, well, I, there was <laughs> I did a salad. not order it, <laughs> but I there, saw it. There was a salad on, I can't even remember where it was, but there was a salad that you could get grilled chicken or grilled tempeh, and one day I tried it, and it was delicious okay it's kind of nutty but something in it must be fermented so it Mm. has the probiotics what about um um, kimchi and like uh sauerkraut miranda if you would just let me finish (laughs) (laughs) pickles sauerkraut kimchi and miso soup miso soup i did not know miso soup yeah, well, probiotics. Apparently, it has probiotics. Mm-hmm. Man, my papa, this is like the most country <laughs> thing I'm ever going to say. My papa makes a mean sauerkraut, okay? And he will give me like mason jars of that stuff that he's canned, and it is so good. And I'll just eat it by the spoonful. Like, it's delicious. <laughs> my knowledge of your papa involves many things <laughs> in mason jars. And this is true. For the record, I'm scared of all of them. Well, some of it's moonshine, some of it's sauerkraut. Those spicy you know, pickles? The spicy pickles, baby. The pickled jalapenos. My papa is just a cannon machine, okay? Well, listen, though. Those are all <laughs> contain probiotics, so that's Even the good. moonshine? Even the moonshine? Uh, probably not. Probably, I don't probably think not anything can live in that jar. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably going to kill all the probiotics it that might. you have. You got to start clean over if you, if you get into right. the moonshine. Now, oh. so... Of course, there are also many different supplements that contain probiotics. Um, there's they're in pill form, they're in powder form, they're you know in liquid. However, you want to take those. And then I included after this a section on prebiotics. Okay, I've seen that word a lot. I mean, it's very obviously yeah. very similar to probiotics, but I've always wondered what that is. What is the difference? Yes. Well. I think the the most places that I've seen it have to do with like uh, formula. I want to say it was like baby formula that was really? like with prebiotics, huh? And I never knew what that meant. So okay. prebiotics are foods that act as food for the human microflora. So oh. they're used with the intention of improving the balance of the microorganisms in our body. So basically the prebiotics are food for the probiotics. I love that. Give them a little snacky snack. Right. Give them them a little little supper. That's so sweet. Now this is a very strange list, but do you want to take a guess at what kind of things might contain prebiotics? I have no idea what has prebiotics. Okay, well, it is a very weird list, so I'll just read it to you. Prebiotics are in foods such as whole grains... Which, that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bananas, greens, onions, garlic, soybeans, and artichokes. That is the most random assortment <laughs> of things I've ever heard. <laughs> well, what I think oh. it really is, is I think that it's essentially things that are high in fiber. Gotcha. Okay. Hmm. So the little, the little probiotics, they want to eat... The little high fiber things. They like the fiber stuff. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Now, so 
those are probiotics and prebiotics. But and I'm just going to touch on this at the end. Um, and we may do a future episode about this in more detail. But probiotics and, and then prebiotics are part of a larger picture concerning the bacteria of your body, which is called your microbiome. Yes, I've heard of the microbiome. It's very now, important. I read several different things, and this was my favorite way to explain it. Think of your microbiome as a diverse community of organisms, such as a forest. So your microbiome is a forest okay. that works together to keep your body healthy. Mm, the community it. is made up of microbes, and you have trillions of micro microbes on your body. So when I say microbes... That, that's everything. That includes bacteria, fungi, yeast, viruses, protozoa. But, but here is a really fun fact. Every single person's microbiome is unique. Aww. No two people have the same microbial cells. Aww. And that includes twins. No way. Even twins? Even twins Aww, have a different microbiome. That is so sweet to think about your own little sweet microbiome that's just yours and yours alone. I love that so much. Everybody take care of your microbiome, please, because that's adorable. They're well, yours. I'm glad that you think it's adorable, but I do have to end on sort of a womp womp note. Uh-oh. There is reason for concern. Oh, man. The human gut micro microbiome, including the bacteria and other microorganisms living in our body, are they're essential for our survival, mm -hmm. but they are endangered. No. As no. a society, the overuse of antibiotics and elective C-sections and the overconsumption of processed foods hmm. are killing off these bacteria that we need to live healthy lives. So, um, and I, I am going to kind of highlight, this is, this is a very new film, but there is a film called The Invisible Extinction, and that's exactly what it talks about, is the, the risk that our microbiomes are at. Um, and like I said, it, the, invisible in, the Invisible Extinction... And that's by two research doctors, and they are on a quest to save the microbiome. Yes. So I wish them well, because we we need that quest to yes, succeed. Yes, we do. What a worthy quest. Please, please fulfill this quest, good sirs, because that is so important. And like, as you're talking about it, it makes me think of like, all of the campaigns and things we have to like save the rainforest and save the trees and that Michael Jackson song where he's like, ah, ha, 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 you know, what I'm talking about like I want somebody Taylor Swift, please write a song about how we can save our microbiomes, please. And thank you. We need the world to rally around this cause. But for real, like when you were talking about antibiotics, it made me think because I feel like a lot of times if you take an antibiotic, your doctor will be like, hey, when you get done with this, take some probiotics or eat a bunch of yogurt or get some, you know, because antibiotics wipe all of that out. Like they kill 
all of it. Yeah, they don't really know good. what they're killing. And that's actually, that is on my list as future topics, antibiotics and how they work, because there's different large classifications. And, and I think that all of us as consumers and patients, we don't really know the difference on how those things work. Right. Um, but I have even heard from um, doctors um, and pharmacists before that if you're taking a really strong antibiotic, they recommend that like halfway between doses of the antibiotic that you take some really strong probiotics Mm -hmm. and that's in an effort to keep some in there Mm -hmm. (laughs) I guess is the best way to put it yeah Um, but anyways I hope that you all learned a lot from that I certainly did um there's a lot of information I just have never looked into it before. I feel like we need so many more episodes about this because I have so many questions still. Like, I want to know more about the the C-sections and what that does. And um, I know, too, I've seen a lot of research come out in the counseling world about the importance of gut health when it comes to your mental health. And I feel like there's even been studies done on individuals with autism and the link between autism and gut health and all of that. So Melanie yes. looks excited. Yeah, I am excited. That is like <laughs> that is one that's going to take a whole lot of time researching because I absolutely want to make sure that I get it right and get it accurate. But I have seen several articles over the years that there is a link between gut bacteria and autism and Asperger's disorders. Yeah, and I definitely want to understand that better. Um, yeah. And I, I will too. definitely be watching The Invisible Extinction as soon as I possibly can. You know, maybe it's coming to a theater near you and you could watch it in a recliner with a swivel table and an alcoholic beverage. <laughs> Without pee pants on. Just don't pee yourself. Oh my gosh. Thank you for this. This was a lot of really great information. I learned a lot. I'm glad. Indeed. And I'd love to hear from our listeners. Like if you guys want to learn more about probiotics like me, flood our inbox and let us know um, if what specific questions that you have. Like we will research it for you. We sure will. Because it sounds really cool. Cool. Thanks, Melanie. Okay, Miranda, so what is our motherhood topic for this episode? So I'm glad you asked. I think you're going to like this one. This one is all about helping your child self-regulate. Ooh. Self-regulation, which when I say self-regulation, what do you think of? Um, I, in my mind, it's like dealing with big emotions, mm-hmm. whether it's like, worry or anger or whatever but being able to deal with those and make them appropriate yes it's exactly that dealing with big emotions making them appropriate for the situation that you're in and hopefully reaching like a positive result because a lot of times those big emotions are caused by like a negative circumstance right so how do we help our children navigate those negative circumstances, deal with those big emotions to achieve a positive outcome. That's what self-regulation is all about, and it's beautiful, and we love it. So I'm going to be referencing today a wonderful book called Raising Self-Reliant Children in a Self-Indulgent World, and that is by our friends H. Stephen Glenn and Jane Nelson. 
Um, so I, I just want to get into again, we're just going for a sliver today, guys. We're not going through the whole book, but they have some really, really good, uh, information about self-regulation and how we can help our children foster intrapersonal skills. So sounds great. I mean, the book sounds great. That's a very accurate title for this era. (laughs) 100%. And the book's kind of dated. I think it came out maybe, I mean, it's it's a couple years old now. However, like you said, I think the topic is still very relevant. And of course, for, um, you know, self-regulation is never going to go out of style. <laughs> whether That's you true. are Very true. Wh- whether you're 10, whether you're 20, whether you're 33. So moving right along, let's talk about the three skills that are involved with self-regulation and developing intrapersonal skills. So intra within the person. Okay. So I want you to picture like a little mountain, a little mountain. You always have me picturing things. Okay. A mountain. It's I've a got little it. mountain and it's beautiful. And up at the top is like all of your goals and dreams and success and just self-regulation paradise. And it's at the top of the mountain and you want to get there. So there's three little base camps that you got to go through to get there. And they are self-assessment, self-control, and lastly, self-discipline. So that's what's going to help us get to the top of our Those mountain. all sound like good goals. Really, really great base camps, really great little milestones for your little one to check in with and for you as a parent to kind of be aware and help them navigate moving through these things. So let's start, first of all, with self-assessment. And you and me, Melanie, we're really good at this one because, well, we're counselors. So this is (laughs) what we do really, really well. But self-assessment is really all about helping your child to identify their thoughts and their feelings and their values. Now, I think where we really struggle as parents is, I guess, in two, two ways I think we struggle here. Number one is we kind of already know what our thoughts and feelings and values are. And so we like to kind of press or force those onto our children. <laughs> and, right. and maybe sometimes we tell them how we think they should feel or how we think they should be thinking about something or what they should even value. Yes. Um, And can I just say, it makes me think of, like, the older generations, the, like, you're going to do what I say, son, like, that whole pushing your thoughts and feelings on your children. I I think it still happens, but I think it was more prevalent in generations prior to us. Oh, yeah, 100%. It was like this indoctrination of, well, this is what we believe. And so you have to believe it, too, if you want to be one of us. And if you don't believe it, then you're not one of us and we're casting you out. Yes. Uh, not not very pretty. Not a very pretty way to, to be. So. Well, I just feel like there's a very high likelihood of that backfiring. Especially if your kids are doing what they're supposed to do, which is rebel and resist your parenting, (laughs) unfortunately. So, So number one is we might impose our own thoughts, feelings, and values on them. Number two, I think sometimes we stifle their thoughts, feelings, and values. And we do that by saying, well, you can't be angry or you shouldn't cry or you need to buck up or whatever. And maybe not letting them fully experience their own range of thoughts and feelings about 
you know, different experiences. So got to be careful on that one. Takes a lot of patience. Um, But truthfully, what's good about that is some very, very basic counseling skills, we call them micro skills, can Mm -hmm. really come in handy here. So if your child starts talking about something or, you know, maybe they're dealing with a negative situation, a negative circumstance, the thing I recommend the most um, and has been really helpful for me in dealing with my child and working with other people is just reflection, right? We just reflect back whatever we're seeing them do, whatever our observations are. So reflection um, can be really, really powerful for us to say, you know, you seem really upset right now. Or you seem really angry about that. Or, you know, you're, you're crying and it makes me wonder if you feel sad. Just kind of throwing that word out there and seeing where your child goes with it. Um, whether you reflect a feeling or an emotion that you're observing. Um, whether you reflect a thought that you're picking up on. And I found the best way to reflect values, which is really, really powerful if you can do it the right way, is to say something like, wow. It sounds like blah, 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 blah is really important to you. <laughs> and, and of course, again, you're not going to say that to a two-year-old. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know? no. You wow. have to have age-appropriate responses ready. <laughs> it but. sounds like wiping your slobber all over the front door is really important to you. Okay. No, that's not going to work. That's but not. um <laughs> but when um you know, it made me think about Jonah last night like going over to his his friend's house and jumping on the trampoline and you were going to go pick him up right at 7 o'clock and you told him at 6:54 you sent him a message and said, "I'm on my way to pick you up." And he said, you know, "I still have 6 minutes," you know. Yes. Wow, it sounds like spending time with your friends is really important to you. What Whatever it is, you can kind of dig up some values there by reflecting those things back to your child. So I think that is a really, really great tool. And probably the best thing that you can do here is just model appropriate behavior. Just model appropriate behavior. If you show your child what you're doing to assess your own self when things maybe aren't going your way as a parent, You're teaching them, you know, or at least giving them a positive example of what they could do themselves. So I completely agree with that. And I think that we can all, we all have stories of personal experiences that we've had where we were maybe around acquaintances um, with their children and an adult did not act in an appropriate way way about a situation Mm -hmm. Um, and I think all of us parents sort of cringe seeing that because how is that child ever going to know how to react appropriately when that is their parent and usually anger (laughs) oh yeah yeah that is such a great example and it's so tricky to like be around other people and see how they parent versus how you parent it's like a whole, we could have an entire separate podcast just about that. <laughs> because you want to come alongside people who share your values and share those positive habits that you're trying to implement. And when you can right. find that tribe of moms and dads who are, um, you know, working toward that, 
oh, it makes life so much easier than it when does, you're but around it people It is who a don't. hard journey to find those oh. folks. And even sometimes when you found those folks, I think as an adult making friends with other parents, the biggest thing to keep in mind is that, you know, to each their own. Like True. nobody's yep. going to do it like you do it. Mm-hmm. You don't want them to tell you how to do what you're doing and neither do they. That's and, right. Uh, that takes an extreme amount of maturity and tact. And and then it comes down to like compatibility. And if you find, hey, this person is like not on the same page as me and maybe it's not the most healthy option for me to be around them or for my child to be around them. Let's spend some time with somebody else. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, that's hard. So that was our first little base camp, self-assessment, teaching your child to just recognize and understand how they feel or what they think about a situation. Self-assessment. Check. Second base camp is self-control. So this can only be achieved once you're able to assess your thoughts, feelings, and values. So from here you can kind of begin to understand the connections between your thoughts, feelings, and values to your actions. So this is where you understand, hey, when I get angry, I tend to yell. When I get sad, I tend to maybe sob in the corner and try to make people feel sorry for me. When I have this particular emotion, this is what I tend to do. This is the action associated with that emotion. From there... And, and this, I think, happens probably around between, like, ages four and six. Um, and that's not really in the book, but that's kind of where I see this stage happening. You want your child to be able to evaluate whether or not the action that they take is actually going to get them the result or the response that they ultimately desire. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense. So, for example... If my son gets really angry at something, he can scream. (laughs) I'm not going to give in to what he wants if he screams. And so therefore he's going to learn, oh, screaming doesn't really get me what I want. Maybe I should try something else. Right? Yeah. That is self-control. If I feel A, I could choose to do B or C. B will result this way, C will result that way. So which one should I choose if I encounter the feeling? So funny story about about Fisher, about my little boy. So um, he, my son, bless him, he is so impulsive. And if he wants to say something, he gonna say it, which is great. I love it. I mean, I can relate. That's how I feel really, <laughs> I mean, too. Honestly. I can, too. Here I am as an adult. But, like, if the grown-ups are talking, I don't want my son to come over and start pounding me on the shoulder. Mama, 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 mama. Uh, you know? <sighs> Not what we want. <laughs> no. So, what I, what I did with that was I told Fisher, I said, you know what, honey? If you want mama's attention... If you want me to listen to you, you can come up to me and say respectfully, excuse me, I have a question. <laughs> okay. I and like it. Yeah. And it's so cute. And so what happened was instead of him coming up to me and saying, mama, 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 and I would as just ignore. As all kids do. As all kids do. I would purposefully ignore that behavior. I would purposefully ignore that. However, when he said, excuse me, I have a question, immediately, like, 
immediately I give him my attention and I say, what can I help you with? And so I'm (laughs) rewarding that positive behavior that I see. And so now it's become a second nature for him. It's a habit for him to just say, excuse me, I have a question. And today we had to go to the drugstore um, because he was out of allergy meds and, um, the the cashier is like ringing up the allergy meds and I was confused because it said they were buy one get one half off and anyway it was a whole thing so I'm talking with the cash register lady and Fisher says excuse me I have a question (laughs) 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 and I I, um you know finished talking with the cash register lady and then I turned to Fisher and I say what is your question you know how can I help you and um he says mama can I get some of those tiktok jellies and I said absolutely not so <laughs> so anyway all of that to say what we foster with self-control is good habits our children get into good habits and they begin to um, utilize those because it gets them closer to the reward or the desired outcome that they want okay good minus deal the, minus the tiktok jellies because those things look sketchy as hell and i, I was even not know what about that to is. buy them what's a tiktok it was some candy that was like, of course, they keep all the like cheap ass candy right yeah. there at the front in the line in the checkout line. And um, I don't even know what it was, but it looked like I, it was bad. And we weren't you going weren't to buy it. That. We weren't going to buy it. So I told him he could have a Kinder Egg instead because those things are just cute as can be. I love yeah, a Kinder Yeah, those are egg. fun. I enjoy yeah. a Kinder Egg. I know. So great. Okay. Last base camp on our mountain to the top of self-regulation is this magical thing called self-discipline. Self-discipline can only be achieved once those healthy self-control practices are put into place. So the difference between self-control and self-discipline is that self-discipline is the ability to imagine what you want and then be proactive enough to put into place the actions that you need to get your desired result. So self-control is reactionary, self-discipline is proactive. That's the main difference. Um, You're still trying to get to that desired result. Your child is still trying to, you know, achieve that outcome. The difference is um, self-discipline, of course, is a more mature skill that a lot of adults, myself included, struggle with. (laughs) Yes. Many, many adults in the world struggle. So true. So like, for example, if I wanted to lose 10 pounds, I could say, you know what? That's my goal. So because I want to reach that goal, I'm going to give up carbs for 90 days. So I start with that imagined desired result. And then I put a planned practice to get there. Melanie's face is so scrunched up because she's like, what are you talking about? That plan sounds terrible. Okay, so number one, you should know I have no desire to give up carbs, nor do okay, I have... Okay, I was yeah. worried. I thought you were giving me a real example. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, ma'am. I am sitting over here with my beer, and we are not giving up carbs okay, anytime I was nervous. Soon. I was nervous for a minute. I was like, I don't know, man. No, if, if anybody knows anything about me, my four main food groups are like beer, bread, pasta, and cheese. So I am not. I mean, same. Just just swap out your beer for wine, and I'm there. <laughs> I'm not giving up my carbs. <laughs> Melanie was worried about me for a second. I was. I was really worried. 
She's well, like, like, first of all, you don't need to lose that much weight at all. Like, you don't need to lose any weight. But, but well, secondly, let's not go to extremes here. Yes, indeed. Let's not because this beer is delicious. So what we want to do there is we imagine the outcome and then we say, you know what? To achieve my goal, I need to do X. So I thought about Jonah here, Melanie, because he's right on the cusp. You start to see self-discipline come into play around age eight. So I thought about Jonah and like he's so creative and he wants to like make these videos on YouTube and like mm-hmm. get all these followers and like, you know, be a little, you know, he wants to like, I don't know if he wants to be an influencer or if he just wants to put out some really cool content, but he has a goal, right? To like, yes, make these little movies. And so what he does to achieve that goal and he did it on his own, he started learning how to use these different softwares. He learned how to edit videos. He like took it upon himself himself to teach himself how to do those things so he could reach his goal that is self-discipline and it's awesome it's so cool it's very impressive because here i sit still uncertain of how to use the editing software for this very podcast (laughs) and maybe i should just have him help me you need to tell you need to tell everybody what what he said though (laughs) when you were telling him about editing I was this taking is, him to school. This is her eight-year-old. He's eight. I was taking him to school the other day, and I said something about, well, I have I have a lot of editing that I need to do, and I said, I'm kind of nervous about, about editing. I, I don't think that I'm very good at it. And he goes, well, Mama, all you have to do is just keep trying. You'll get better. <laughs> I think it's the nicest thing he's ever said. And I was like... Well, thank you. I will. <laughs> he is clearly exercising his self-discipline muscle. He is he is able to self-regulate that little guy. Oh, it's so impressive. I love it so much. <laughs> well, he has his moments now. Uh, now, where we can come in alongside our children as parents here is we want to help our children by employing the proper rewards and consequences when it comes to self-discipline. So, for example, just say that maybe, for example, Jonah wants to work on his grades in math. So you and Jonah agree if he completes a worksheet each night, he's going to improve his grades. So you guys are going to put in the time. You guys agree, hey, we're going to do these extra worksheets. It's going to help you with math. And maybe, like, you know, you you could even like make a promise or or put a reward on there that, hey, if you bring up your grade the way that you want to, I'll buy you a video game or I'll buy you whatever or we'll we'll go do something. There could be a reward there, right? But then say like your child doesn't complete the worksheets and they don't get a higher grade. Well, what you don't need to do as a parent is go out and buy the video game anyway or give them the reward oh, anyway. Oh, no. No, don't that do wasn't it. the deal. Don't do it. The corrective actions have to be agreed upon by you and your child. They have to make sure they're clear, that they're achievable. I love the SMART goals framework thing um, and a tangible reward that your child cares about. Um, what's helpful there is it gives you a hint to their motivation, but it's also teaching them about responsibility and expectations. But we've got to be so careful. And we can still give rewards for effort as parents. We can still give rewards for effort. But if the outcome isn't achieved, we got to be really careful about what we do. Because otherwise, your child isn't learning that, you know, their work achieved the result that, that it needed or the outcome. 
That makes complete sense. It's like sticking to your word. You know that's a big thing with me. If Mm -hmm. you say you're going to do it, you have to do do it. it, Even if it's it's not a positive thing. You you still have to be true to your word. But it's really funny that you brought up that example because I want to say three or four days ago, Jonah came back from school. Well, I had gotten home from work, so we were both just getting home. And he said, hey, mama, um, I have an idea. And I go, okay. Because, I mean, that's always a little risky. <laughs> yeah. What is it? Um, and he said, well, my classmate, his mom checks his grades every week. And if they're good, he gets this certain plushie. And I'm like, every week he gets a plushie? Ooh, and a he goes, plushies. yeah, every week. And I was thinking maybe <laughs> we should do something like that. Oh. So, like, he's, like, setting it up himself. Yes, that's the discipline coming into play. Well, Mama Mel's not so much fun because uh. I was like, do you know what those plushies cost? Uh. You are not getting one of those a week. A like, week. we could talk yeah. about how your grades end up at the end of the nine weeks or the semester, um, but not weekly, sir. <laughs> So he's still negotiating that, but he's kind of set that up on his own. (laughs) I'm a fan because those negotiating skills are like, that's going to help him. He's understanding the cause and effect, the, you know, the input and the output there. So I'm I'm into it. That's awesome. You've got a lot to work with. (laughs) And and he's at that age where he's almost at the top of the mountain, right? Yeah, almost. Almost there. And a lot of these children... A lot of these children, these churn, a lot of these kiddos will get there. Um, they should be able to get there like, you know, by the time they're teenagers. They should be able to do these things. Right. They should be able to regulate and, and use some self-control, some self-discipline, definitely self-assessment at that point in time. And right. what's cool is if you as a parent are involved in that process if you're engaged in that process with them you're kind of coming alongside them so think about what age your child is think about which stage they're at on that mountain and think about what you can do as a parent you know my son is five mel's son is eight so there's different levels going on here of expectations but um your goal as a parent is to help them gain those intrapersonal skills so that they can be a self-reliant human when they grow up it's beautiful. Yes. It's beautiful and we love it. And it's great. I love it. I think yes. it's great. I know some <laughs> adults that could use this advice. 100%. There are some adults who are at the bottom of the mountain. You know, they're staring at the sign. They haven't even got their backpack yet. But it's so. never too late to work on yourself. <laughs> never too late, baby. That's what I say. <laughs> All right, Melanie, what is our spotlight today? Our spotlight for today is an interesting one and a little outside the norm, but it is called Women Make Movies. For more than 45 years, Women Make Movies has helped elevate diverse women directors and producers and improved equality within the film industry. They also support hundreds of independent filmmakers each year. 
I came upon them because they were involved in the making of The Invisible Extinction, the film that I mentioned earlier about the human microbiome. Yeah. So I thought that that was really interesting. Uh, Their website is WMM.com. Okay. Pretty cool. Elevating women. Yes. I support that. I support that too. Here, here, ladies. If you like what you hear from us, be sure to follow our show. And if you really like us, you can leave us a review on the podcast platform of your choice. We want to be friends with you. Connect with us on social media by following at Mother Mayhem Podcast or email us directly at Mother Mayhem Podcast at gmail.com. Okay, Miranda, so what is our motherhood topic for this episode? You're going to like this one, and I can tell you why. Okay, tell me. Have you ever struggled with helping your little boy? Is that, uh, is that what you're going to go with there? <laughs> no, really... no, it's not. It sounded okay. way snazzier in my head than what okay. it was, but <laughs> ask me again. <laughs> Do you want to put a break in it so you'll know where? Nah, just roll with it. <laughs>